Littlefinger from Game of Thrones famously said, chaos is a ladder. And the last two years have felt like complete chaos. But through all of that comes opportunity. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blake Brimley, covering how your favorite things and people get from point A to point B because everything is logistics. And this episode, we're talking about where your company can seize opportunity through LinkedIn by embracing the pivot that has happened on these digital landscapes that have resulted in real life communications being much more empowered and being able to further that relationship simply by using these digital channels like LinkedIn. Let's dive in. For our first topic, let's talk about developing that company LinkedIn strategy because as a little bit of a, I guess, a historical background, if you can really call it a historical background, when every when COVID first hit, it was the opportunity where all, really all live events went virtual. And Freightways was one of the first companies to take their big live event and move it into a virtual space. And so when that happened, that's when the Slack community was born. And all of these freight folks from all over, really the globe, started joining in on discussions within Slack, within these live events that they were hoping to meet people in person. But then those conversations had to move virtually. So that was really sort of the ethos for me whenever LinkedIn really started gaining popularity specifically among the freight industry. And since then, it's just been building and building and building. And it's kind of wonderful to see where you think of as uh, an organization or a platform like LinkedIn that's traditionally thought of as a place where it's just a, you know, a, essentially a glorified job resume that you're, or you're only going onto that platform when you're looking for a new job. So that's when it's time to update your LinkedIn resume. That's historically what that platform is thought of. But many companies are still struggling with what to do with LinkedIn. And this is probably because they're overcomplicating things. So I'm going to try to help you simplify this strategy moving forward into 2022 and beyond because the organic reach possibilities within LinkedIn are some of the best on social media as far as unpaid. You don't have to pay to get access to your audience. Whereas other platforms like Facebook and Instagram, those platforms have leaned more towards paying to have that same reach that you used to have back in the day. So let's try to change that perception a little bit of LinkedIn being sort of a, you know, a, a glorified job resume into a place where you can actively start helping your companies build their personal brand. And then also by synonymously, you're building your own company brand using the employees that you already have. So let's try to change that percep- perception. And first off, I want to start with this clip from Cargo Margot. I was on her podcast uh, recently, but she just posted this clip from our conversation about the value of LinkedIn. So let's go ahead and play that clip. I advise a lot of companies that you should be using your employees as the metric for your social media success. And I think for a lot of companies, they're, they're almost scared to let their employees post regularly about their role, about what they're doing within the company because they, they need all of that control and they got to go through 12 different approval levels in order for you know that that one post to get approved when there's so much more of a of a natural fluidity that comes from just letting your employees speak their mind you want to have a little bit of restrictions obviously you don't want to be you know bashing religious groups or um you probably want to steer away
away from politics a little bit unless politics plays a role in what you're doing. Um, so I think for a lot of companies, it's it's letting go of the control aspect and letting your employees do a little bit of that experimentation for you. Now, with that clip, you have to keep in mind that a, a lot of companies have sort of held a stranglehold on on what their employees are going to be posting on social media and not because rightfully so, you know, th there, there's other instances that have happened where somebody has said something that they shouldn't have. It's probably in the, the, the political realm of they said something that they shouldn't have. And that discussion turns into sort of a lightning rod discussion. This is not what I'm talking about during this segment. I'm talking about embracing the employee's role within your company and allowing them to talk about how they help the, the, the customers that they're going after or their prospects that they're going after. And I said, and, and I commented on Cargo Margot's post that companies should be incentivizing this by quarterly, maybe monthly, at least annually on encouraging your employees to build their personal brand. But most companies haven't done this because they're afraid of spilling, you know, quote unquote, too many company secrets. But if you think about it from the, the eagle eye lens, you have companies like McDonald's that are out here creating videos and creating content on how to make a Big Mac at home. They're not worried about losing customers because they taught some people online about how to make a Big Mac at home. So keeping that in your perspective, that, that's where we need to get away from that lens of we don't want our employees sharing too many company secrets. And of course, there are trade secrets. They're not giving away you know, the, the, the recipe to the, the Big Mac sauce, but they're giving, giving you tools to engage and become closer and develop that affinity or keep that top of mind with McDonald's by telling you some of their secrets and processes of the behind the scenes action. So if you're wondering, if you haven't started actually creating this program, or if you're thinking about getting a program started, like encouraging your employees to post more on social media, then I want to show up this example from one of my favorite companies to follow, uh, really in podcasting, uh, content creation, LinkedIn in particular. The company is Refine Labs. Fantastic podcast, by the way. But they broke out an entire list of ways that you can get this program started for your company. And the first thing that I want to note is lead by example. So if you're an executive, or a leader within the company and you want to prove the value of this program, you have to do it too. You have to lead by example. The next tip that they give you is to allow time. That means that letting your employees post to social media during work hours. They're checking social media anyways, so you why not incentivize them to build their personal brand because that, by correlation, that helps you build your company's brand presence. And then the next tip that they give is don't force company contact or co company content. Marketing's job is to make content worth sharing. If you have to get your entire company to like a post to gain traction, you're not going to realistically see the value in that post long-term. And your target audience isn't going to see that either. So not forcing your employees to go ahead and post that new blog article or to post a new video. If they like the video, they absolutely should. But it shouldn't be something that you're forcing your employees to do. And the final tip that they give is to provide incentives. 
And they they end it with, it, it sort of goes back to that earlier point that I made that you could be incentivizing the best performing posts on a quarterly basis, on a monthly basis, at least on an annual basis. But they close out, the Refine Labs closes out that post by saying, employee brands are equally as valuable as a company brand. And when done well, they can become synonymous. Invest in employees and they will pay it back tenfold. Now, taking it from the company lens to the personal lens of, okay, well, I know this is important now and I should be doing it, but what is that next step to actually start posting to LinkedIn? And you want to post more. You're not exactly sure what to post and maybe how how often you should be posting. So here's some tips from another one of my favorite followers. His name is Justin Welsh, and he's give some different ideas of what to post on LinkedIn because you're probably going to experience a situation where you're waking up in the morning and you know you got to post something, but you're not exactly sure of what you should be posting. So let's go through a few of his ideas of what to post on LinkedIn. I'm not going to read off this entire list in case you're listening, but I'll, I'll give you a few of them just in case you're listening to the podcast. So the he lists out a bunch of them. There are 21 items here. But a few of them that really stick out to me is to talk about a recent win or a recent failure, share something you're working on, share the top lessons you've learned in the last year, make a future prediction about the industry or a company, the top tools that you use. And then Justin goes on to end the post with creating consistent content is less about creativity and more about systems. And what this kind of translates into is to keep you need to, to work on your own processes first. And this goes back to the lead by example that the, the note that I mentioned earlier is that you need to keep a space for your processes and, and systems. And when I say that, I'm meaning your content creation as well as all of the rest of the business systems that you are employing as well. And so keep a space where you can keep those social media ideas. I personally use Google Docs. I use a project management software tool called ClickUp. Um, there are other tools out there that, you know, Monday.com, um, Evernote. These are all I, places where you can store ideas and then turn them into actionable plans. Now, the next thing or the next tip that you could be aware of is that when you wake up in the morning, set aside 15 minutes to come up with a post of what you want to talk about. It takes 15 minutes. You do it first thing in the morning, and then it doesn't become one of those things that are just eventually put on the back burner. Or what you could do if you don't want to set aside time each day because things do pop up, there are fires to be put out anytime you're running a business or operating in a business. Set aside a couple hours on the weekend, on a Friday, maybe first thing Monday morning. Set aside a couple hours and then you can knock out a week's worth of posts or even a month's worth of posts in that short time frame. So then that way, when you do wake up in the morning, you don't have to be wondering, what am I going to post about today? Because you already have a list of ideas and a list of posts that are ready to go that you can pull from. So setting up that system and process in order to lead by example. Because if there's one person within the company that can set up that system and process, then that is going to be repeatable for other employees to start jumping in and doing the same thing. So that's part of the whole entire program of encouraging employees to start building their personal brand. And how do you get them to start posting? Well, there's certain systems and processes that you can take advantage of that I just mentioned above and that other companies have shared. And I'll end this with another post from, from Justin Welsh on managing how and when to post content and which most of this image is about managing your time and processes in order to prioritize the content so it doesn't end up on the back burner. But this gym is one of my favorites because he says on the first of each month, and this is keep in mind that with what he's talking about, you have to be posting consistently for a while 
And then you can start using this system of what I'm about to mention that he says, on the first of each month, go back and look at what you posted five months ago. Take your top 10 posts from the month and edit them slightly. Then you can post them again for the upcoming month. This is not going to be your entire strategy, but it's going to knock out a good chunk of it. If you think about if you take your top 10 posts, you're trying, if your goal is to post every day, that knocks out a good third of the posts that you have to come up with. And he ends it with this final note because this is something that I always think about as well because it's, it's half the work is done for you because nobody remembers your content like you remember your content. So it can kind of feel like you're talking about the same things over and over and over again if you're already posting to LinkedIn. But in reality, nobody is going to remember, hey, you person on the internet posted that five months ago, what are they going to do if they even realize it? it's going to be if somebody even does recognize that they're not going to say anything, they'll probably like the post again, and then just keep moving on about their day. So don't stress about it. Set up those system and processes, lead by example, and then other employees within your within the company, and maybe even the executive leadership team can start to it can start to take part in these same processes because they've seen the value of it and they can start building on it. But if you're a company executive or if you're a leader within the company and you want to get a program like this started, start posting, lead by example, create some system and processes, know that it's probably going to be adjusted on uh, along the pathway that you're on. But then it starts to snowball. Don't expect results within the first couple of months and then just say, okay, it's not working. I'm just going to quit. You have to promise to yourself that if you start this journey, you're going to do it for at least six months and then you're going to measure the results. Because in all honesty, what I'm talking about here is this journey on LinkedIn, especially among the freight community, the people that you're seeing that are getting a lot of traction within the freight community have been doing it for a couple of years now. So don't think you're going to see success like that if you start posting tomorrow. So that's my final little tip and takeaway. Start incentivizing your employees and you lead by example. And then you can take advantage of the awesome organic reach that LinkedIn still has. TikTok and LinkedIn are the best platforms when it comes to organic reach. And so if, you, if you're going to miss the boat, then you have no one to blame but yourself. So get on the train. So let's go ahead and let's segue into our final topic because the FreightWave Sales and Marketing Summit was just yesterday. I watched all of it. And all of it is on demand right now in case you want to check out any of those episodes. It was a full lineup, full slate of, of different speakers. And a lot of the best talent really on Freight Waves was interviewing some of the best talent that's doing all of the cool things in sales and marketing. And one of the bigger things from the summit were methods of the great resignation or methods to tackle the great resignation and, and how it really starts with retention of top talent. So a few of the key notes or a few of the key takeaways, I'll start with this one, Mary O'Connell's chat. She's the host of Check Call, which is a, a great show, newsletter. Go subscribe. You can find all that, all this information really for, for Mary's um, show and for the rest of these shows I'm about to mention, all on Freight Waves TV. So she was chatting with Kyle Costco. He's the chief people person at Legal or Legion Logistics, which... I love that title, chief people person, because it, obviously you're, you're putting people first. Um, but he mentioned surveying employees to ask them about their ideal career path. And 
I love that approach because you're surveying your current employees to find out where the problems arise and then you can tackle them before it becomes a situation where other employees start chatting with each other and maybe they, it starts to become a, a group effort where everybody starts looking for other jobs. It's sort of something similar to what uh, Max over at the, the company Workhound, he does with driver retention and he surveys drivers on a regular basis in order to find out their issues before it becomes a bigger problem where you can't manage it. So surveying your employees, that was a great tip from Kyle Costco, the chief chief people person over at Legion Logistics. Um, Costco also mentions that looking for employees that have more of a culture fit and transferable skills than someone who has 15 years of logistics experience has really helped them as far as their recruiting challenges during the great resignation. And I love that approach because you're looking for, say for example, a, a waiter or a waitress. And it's one of those things where if you have a waiter or a waitress, you you would likely have some good selling skills. You likely have um, some, some good opportunities for folks to take those skills of talking to perfect strangers and then upselling them on solutions based on the conversations that they're having. So hiring folks that have transferable skills, not necessarily you know, long-term logistics experience. So really good tips um, from that conversation. Then there was another conversation with Dooner. He talked to Outreach.io's Revenue Enablement Manager. That's a really great title. Um, but he talked with uh, the Revenue Enablement Manager, Brooke Bashista, and she believes in incentivizing their employees for every level of their career at for each position. So that was another really cool takeaway that no matter what position that she wants to incentivize you and find out where your goals are within the organization so they can create that pathway to, to leadership and future responsibilities. Then there was another one from Gray Sharkey's talk with Nick Dangles. And he said that learning what entry-level employees are doing and what they're struggling with before you make software investments. Because a lot of the different software technology out there, some of the... I don't want to say like low-level employees, but some of the entry-level employees, they're the ones that are going to be using this software the most. So if you find out what their pain points are, what their struggle points are, then you should find those out first before you make that software investment. And then from the keynote with Kevin Nolan and Cassandra Gaines, who was uh, interviewing him, he said, Kevin Nolan said to make sure your employees and new hires are aware of those systems and processes that you have in place. So being, it's one thing to, to have systems and processes in place, but you have to actually be able to communicate those systems and processes and make them repeatable. So then that way, the rest of the employees and the rest of the team can, can take advantage of those same things that you're trying to implement. Because if you have those systems and processes in place, then it's repeatable for any new hires or anybody joining, maybe for one department or another. So those were some of my favorite tips. I'm going to mention a couple last ones because Chris Jolly, he's one of my favorite follows on social media, as I'm sure for a lot of you folks out there. Uh, but one of his bigger tips, separate from the great resignation, but kind of a, kind of similar, but he said to get to know other people in other departments. If you're doing business with somebody, say you land a big deal as a broker, you land a big deal with a company and you have one point of contact. If you take that one point of contact, you need to be making other contacts within that company. Because if the great resignation is affecting all the other industries is probably going to affect some of your customers as well. And if you lose that single point of communication, then you're also losing the opportunity to keep that customer. So his advice was to make connections within other people, make connections with accounting, carrier relations, other points of contact within that company. And then that should solidify your position should there ever be a leadership or a management change um, for that customer that you just landed. So I thought that that was another really good tip. I could go on and on about 
the rest of the tips um, from the event, but you can watch all of them on demand over at tv.freightwaves.com. Um, tons, like I said, tons of great insight. And I also give a talk on TikTok in case you want to check that out because it's, I think TikTok is sort of an intimidating platform for a lot of folks. But once you get on the platform, you can see that that's really where the most creative content is, is being made right now. And a lot of that content that is going viral, it hits TikTok first, and then it makes its way to Twitter, to Instagram, to LinkedIn. I've seen a bunch of videos from TikTok with the watermark on the video go viral on over on LinkedIn. So if you want to know where the most creative content is happening, go to TikTok, at least just start to digest and see what's working on that platform first before you dive in. And then you can always watch my talk and figure out how to get started on TikTok as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.